0: Welcome to MSP Voice, the weekly show for MSPs, by MSPs. Brought to you by CloudBerry, the number one cross-platform cloud backup. Learn more at cloudberrylab.com. This is MSP Voice. Hello and welcome to MSP Voice. This is episode number 28. Today I'm very excited to be joined by Tim Shea as, as part of the interview. He is a managed service provider out of New England, but I consider him a pioneer because he actually started doing fixed price for network services all the way back in the mid-90s. So Tim has a great story. Stick around and listen to the interview. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, Before we get started, a couple of housekeeping items. So mspvoice.com, again, is your source for everything MSP Voice. Uh, We did have our first webinar in our MSP Voice webinar series um, just over a week ago. So that recording is now live. Uh, go to mspvoice.com you'll see it there in a link from december 7th um it, the is up on youtube so definitely take a listen to it or or, or watch it and uh, hit up mind matrix if there's uh, anything that, that you think they might be able to help you with a really cool company doing some interesting things helping msps with their sales and marketing efforts um, i'll have some announcements about our next up in the msp voice webinar series um, we're going to be starting those again in January, so keep an eye on the blog and listen in, and I will be promoting those as they come up. So with that, let's go ahead and jump right into the best of Reddit. Um, here is one that's not all that uncommon, firing a client. Um, so uh, this person, the poster, he's posting it from a throwaway account because uh, he doesn't want anybody to know who he is or or she. Um, But, you know, this will be the first time we've had to fire a client any tips, suggestions on how to make the process go as smooth as possible. Now, of course, there's a lot of opinion on these in terms of how to fire a client. Um, You know, the ones that have the most upvotes, of course, you know, buckle your seatbelt because with all the weight that is lifted off your shoulders, you might just float away. Um, So that's basically alluding to the fact that if you're ready to fire them, once you do, it will feel like a breath of fresh air because you no longer have to deal with whatever it is you're dealing with them that makes you want to fire them in the first place. Um, so, you know, that there's a couple of folks that that do say that. Um, and, you know, one person here said we had to get rid of two in the past 12 months. It's amazing what you feel after the fact. Uh, so when you kind of stop focusing on the money and just focus on your well-being and why you don't want to support those customer to begin with, and you get rid of them, you know, it's great. Um, and then, of course, the other states it's not you, it's me or it's not me, it's you, those types of things. Um, another discussion kind of took place down here a little bit further down in the thread is, you know, talking about why, um, you know, why do you want to why do you want to fire them? Um, one person said they, they had a client that didn't want to deal with uh, compliance. Um, they wouldn't they weren't 100 percent on board with it. So they got rid of them. Um, and you know, sometimes you just have to do that. If you're not comfortable supporting someone who doesn't want to listen to you and puts yourself or themselves at risk and it's gonna come back on you, guess what? It's best to fire them. Um, And then of course, the next discussion talks about um, you shouldn't fire them. Instead, you should raise the rate to whatever it has to be to make it not worth your time um, to service them. Um, And then let them choose between finding someone else and paying your increased rates. Uh, So basically, what they're saying is Price them out. Um, And, you know, others kind of jump in here and say, well, if you want to fire them to begin with, you know, maybe no amount of money is going to make a difference. And then someone points out, it's like, well, look, taking from 200 a month to to 50,000 a month, you're not going to do it for 50,000. You know, something to that effect. Uh, But then others point out that, hey, if you raise your rates, um, then they are going to go out and tell other people about how expensive you are. Um, So, you know, it might just be better just to make a clean break. Just say, look, It's you know, it's not working out between us for whatever reason. Um, Others point out that be careful recommending another MSP to them because you don't want that other MSP to be mad at you if they're a really bad client. Uh, So you may not want to do that. Um, And then finally, you know, some of the best kind of sage advice is for no matter what the reason um, you really should leave the account in a state that someone else can pick it up very easily. So make sure everything's documented, you got the passwords down, all other type of stuff. I'm sure you've all taken over a customer where the former MSP didn't provide anything and you gotta scramble to figure all this stuff out. Don't be that MSP. Be the one that says, look, it's not working out with us. Here's all the information your future new MSP is going to need to take over everything that we've been doing um, and leave it on a good note like that, because that will probably pay back in returns, especially if the new MSP sees what you did and says, wow, you know, they left this in great shape. They might even refer business back to you someday. So anyway, that's all on that on firing a client. Um, the next one, next post, this actually made me laugh out loud when I read it. Um, and some of you may have already seen it. Um, the title is why did they get that? Why did they do that degree? Um, But the crux of it is um, there is he has a he has a client who wanted the server password so that his 10 year old son could do some hardware upgrades for us over the weekend. Um, He will not disclose to anyone after he has done his uh, stuff. Um, We can consider changing it depending on how how he goes. I'll figure I'll give him a go as he is planning on working in the field. Ten years old. So, and and this client is a dentist, uh, dental surgery. Uh, So, you know, they seem to be happy with their MSP, but they want to let their 10 year old son loose on the network. Um, You know, that's that's a lot of danger going on right there. So um, I don't know, you know, if anyone else has ever had to deal with that. Um, And it kind of, you know, in terms of the comments, what people are saying, um, it kind of goes back and forth. Obviously, you know, don't let the kid in there, don't do it, Um, you know. There's there's obvious, you know, just just it's going to be cause issues. Right. And so he he said they're under contract. We nip it in the bud without any wiggle room, basically said the idea is ridiculous. And both our insurance and the business insurance wouldn't be worth squat if we let that go ahead. Um, They have been told we will relinquish support if they insist on this happening. So that's probably the best way that this person handled it. Um, But then, of course, others said, hey, you've got a 10 year old interested in technology. Why not? work with a 10 year old and you know walk them through it you know obviously as as kind of a guide um whether or not you want to do that that's up to you um you know as long as you're the one doing the work and, and the 10 year old is kind of watching and learning um, if they do want to get into the field to be a good learning experience of course it's not necessarily your job to teach your clients 10 year old about the field of i.t uh, so you know if you want to do it do it you know mentor those types of things great um but it, it just This one kind of made me laugh in terms of weird things that happen when you're an MSP is your client wants their 10 year old to work on the network. So (laughs) anyway, uh, that's that's a fun one. Um, Next up is Office Depot. Uh, They're getting into the managed services game. So um, about a year ago, they acquired a company called CompuCom. um, And this poster here was at a local Home um, Office Depot. And you know, saw the sign that says, you know, hey, as your fully managed IT service provider, our dedicated teams are finding a full managed service, technology support, including live remote support, monitoring, onsite services, all those types of things. Uh, so, hey, Office Depot—they're going the uh, the Geek Squad route. Um, of course, um, you know, I think Geek Squad is much more residential. Um, Office Depot—they um, have a lot of business accounts. Um, And, you know, a lot of people were talking in in the comments about, you know, well, I don't remember the last time I saw brick and mortar uh, Office Depot, you know, even around anymore. Um, Well, Guess what, people? Office Depot has warehouses across the country. Um, They have business services where you can order online and they ship directly to you. I know this personally because I did a project for Office Depot back in the 90s. Um, Great company. Um, And, you know, again, they don't rely just on their brick and mortar. Uh, so, you know, they, they, they do have reach, um, in, into some of these companies and, you know, whether or not you're afraid of Office Depot coming after, you know, your, your slice of the business, um, that's the whole discussion in the thread. Um, some people are like, you know, Hey, you know, let them give it a try. They're going to suck and they'll they'll come back to us anyway, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I don't know if that's the case. I've never, I don't have any experience with CompuCom. I don't know if you do or not, um, but you know, it's just something to think about. Is these bigger companies are trying to get into the MSP game? Um, and others point out that you know, other companies, other big companies have tried to do this in the past before and have failed. Um, strictly, mostly because you know, in the MSP business, especially if you're servicing small businesses, it's about the relationships. And you know, when you form a personal relationship with your clients, um, that goes a long way. And if these big companies, if they keep turning over different account managers, different techs, you know, nothing's consistent. Um, You know, that's going to look bad on them. Um, And, you know, it makes you look good because you do have that personal touch if you do serve those types of businesses. So something to be aware of um, in case you're worried about, uh, you know, the big company coming to take your business. Office Depot is is making a run at the managed services game. Next up is a little bit more technical. And the topic is audio over network. Um, So this person, he has a client, a church. Um, then they have a full Unify stack deployed. Um, they're asking him for a solution to place speakers around the facilities that will broadcast the sermon audio. His contact there wants Sonos equipment over the Wi Fi. And he's saying, Is there a better option? I would prefer to avoid using Wi Fi. Thanks. Um, now, a lot of people point out Sonos is great at home for music, um, but it's not great for, for live voice. And it seems like the people with experience in these types of things, um, first off, they say, you know, don't use Sonos. Um, And, you know, there's a technology called Dante um, that uses copper line, uh, but basically several people point out that if you do a 70 volt speaker system, DSP soundboard, blah, 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 um, you know, that that's that's the way to go is 70 volt system because then you don't need to run power to them, all these types of things. Um, I'm not an expert in this. I'm just going by what other people say. um, And, you know, that's kind of the way to go. But most of them also say, you know, sub this out to a local AV company. Uh, to do this. So there are companies that do this on the daily basis. Um, that's what they do. Um, you know, you know, go for that. If you want to learn this whole Dante system and how to do a 70 volt you know speaker system, go for it. Um, but you know, there are obviously some pitfalls in those types of things. But I thought it was an interesting tech question because something that might come up, especially if you you know work in retail or churches or theaters and those types of things uh, where you may have to you know set up a speaker system. So Really cool there. And finally, some career sort of hiring advice. Uh, we've got an MSP in Ohio, in Columbus, Ohio, in fact, where I used to live, um, who is looking to bring on employee number two. So he's employee number one, looking to bring on employee number two. Um, he's had some experience in the past where he had hired some folks and it didn't work out. Um, so now he's got safety nets and lifelines. So he, he needs someone that will take care of. Um, excellent care of our clients and can hit the ground running for the tier one, tier two needs um, and use the lifeline without supervision. So that being said, what folks generally are saying is hire someone with good customer service skills and teach them the tech. The tech can be taught, customer service skills, personal interaction cannot. That's kind of like a, an innate capability you're either able to talk to people or you're not, you're either care and have empathy for your customers, or you don't. Um, it, it's something that, that, that can't necessarily be learned. Um, so a lot of people agree with that, you know, that, that look for someone who who can has that customer service skills and then teach the tech. And even in my own hiring in the past, um, I have had that very similar experience where I hired someone with no technical experience, but they were a great fit um, culturally and, and, and well-spoken and very customer service driven and, um, they lasted at the company longer than I did. So, (laughs) um, you know, definitely take that, uh, take some of that advice. Um, And then of course um, others say don't, you can't expect a tech to hit the ground running. Um, You know, this person says you need to supervise, help them to adjust your way of doing things. Um, And as they point out, you know, there's a hundred ways to do everything, but there's only one way to do it your way. And you want that tech to follow, you know, your methods, your, your practices, um, so, you know, you definitely want to kind of do some hand holding and supervision, um, you know, at the beginning, give them 90 days, those types of things uh, to go. And then, yet yeah, others um, have some hiring advice in terms of how they do the interview. They do, yeah, they do resume scans and they'd send out some basic questions, make sure they can write. And then they do some phone interviews and then they bring them in to see if they're culturally fit. Uh, so some really good advice. If you have any advice out there for hiring, especially for people who are just getting ready to bring on their first employees. Uh, join in on that thread. All the links are in the show notes. And with that, let's get to our interview. Again, this is Tim Shea um, and a great interview. He's been in the business for a long time and he definitely is a pioneer. So thanks again. Hello and welcome. Today I am joined by Tim Shea out of Southern New England. Tim, tell us about yourself and your managed services business.
1: Hi, uh, I'm I'm with Alphanet Solutions. Uh, we were founded in 2002. Uh, this is my second MSP startup, actually. Okay. Uh, we I started on the uh, I started back in the old VAR uh, days with Computerland, and they did not see the value of network services, and I did. So I started a company to do that. We did that till 2000, from, from like 91.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, sold that when I ran out of things to do during Y2K,
2: and. Uh, <laughs>
1: Two years later, when that dot .com I sold to went out of business, I started another company. So,
0: okay, and, uh, going strong. Great. So, um, what made you get into managed services? What was kind of the emphasis? I mean, you know, you said you, you started off in the bar world. Did you have a, another career in IT first, or was it just always from the beginning?
1: I was pretty fast tracked. I, I went from college to one year IT at a at a big Fortune 500 company, and I hated it to death. And I went to work for my reseller. <laughs> Uh, I did two years with my reseller and I began to hate that to death um, just because of their <laughs> attitude about labor. Um, yeah. you know, they were all about the big iron back then and I mm-hmm. saw the future of network services and uh, okay. if they weren't going to take advantage of it, I was. So uh, that's how we switched over. And then in 96, uh, my partner came in one day and said, you know, we really got to figure out how to do this on a fixed fee. Okay. And that's, so we didn't know to call it managed services at the time, but yeah. that's that's the plan we put together and, uh, have been selling ever since.
0: So, yeah. Cause you know, a lot of, a lot of times what happens is, you know, people had started like 96, they were just starting out as, as break fix and, and, you know, didn't have the, the contracts and the fix fee and those types of things. So you're, you're kind of a, a pioneer in that area back in the late 90s.
1: Our, our far, first RMM tool, we wrote it because wow. there was nothing on the market yet. So we started yeah. with some open source stuff and then wrote our own pieces into it, synced it with some other stuff. And, uh, and one day looked up and realized I had too many developers on staff, and
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: went out and found a commercial product that went out developed and uh, been going that way ever since.
0: Okay, great. Um, so you know, I, I noticed on your website you're you're in the New England area. Um, what do you do? You kind of have a particular type of customers you work with? Is it is it anyone? Is it small business, big business? What's your what's your what's your niche so to speak? Okay, so
1: it's definitely small business. I'd say you know, twenty percent of my clients are big enough to have like. An IT function in house at some level. Okay. But the yeah. Other 80% are small businesses. Um, we're primarily doing manufacturing, uh, custom home builders, and mm-hmm. dental. If you can believe okay. that mix. Um, I I have personal experience in uh, in the manufacturing industry.
2: Okay. And
1: uh, and in and in construction. And then my my partner Jay, uh, his wife's a dentist, so he has to support dentists. And, okay. uh, that's the way that goes. And that's how we ended up with our three primaries. And we, we also do some other stuff too, but that's really the three
0: that we focus on. Okay. Yeah. And you know, it's it's kind of interesting because each one of those areas has different requirements, especially when it comes to compliance and regulations and those types of things.
1: Yeah, that's what keeps me from getting bored though. You know, it's like, you know, I, I well cloud was coming up and I had manufacturing, they don't want to do cloud, so but yeah. my custom home builders were all over it. So mm-hmm. got to, you know, we get to get in early on on moving people to the cloud on that side. Okay. And Now that expertise we've developed over there is starting to trickle over the manufacturers. Finally, so cool. So that's 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 the useful part for me. So
0: great. Now you mentioned you know that you, you kind of early on you had to develop your own RMM and then you went with the commercial solution. Um, you know what other types of software do you use? To, what other software do you use to run your business? Okay, so
1: we're Connectwise Shop uh, mm-hmm. went live January first, two thousand eight, and uh, haven't ever looked back. Um, we're using their uh, Automate Lab Tech product mm-hmm. for our RMM tool today. Uh, so we really love that tool, love Screen Connect. Um, we're uh, using QuoteWorks to put together our proposals, and okay. uh, we've been, uh, just moving to Infusionsoft on the CRM side, as, as I speak, literally, mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. And uh, uh, Sophos is our primary security vendor, uh, okay. doing both our firewalls and our endpoint, and uh, Datto for,
0: for backup. Okay. And how often do you kind of evaluate those tools? You know, it sounds like you've been with ConnectWise for a long time. Do um, you at least see what's going on in the market a couple times a year?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, with, with something like ConnectWise, I'm like on a 10 year cycle. So I'm actually due to look around and see what's out there. It's just so okay. daunting to try to change it yeah. out. Uh, RMM, we evaluate every five years. Oh, okay. Uh, backups and security stuff is pretty much ongoing. Yeah. We're okay. keeping an eye on that stuff
0: every day. <laughs> great now when it comes to business um in getting new business what's your you know do you got do you, do you advertise or you know is it mostly word of mouth how, how are you out there you know pounding the streets getting new business
1: so i've been with robin robbins for okay about 12 years mm-hmm. and uh seriously that's that's where all of our marketing comes from uh we do direct okay. mail we do social media you know i've got like Thirty-nine thousand followers on our company Facebook page. I've got, right. uh, you know, we're we're doing uh, Google Ads. We're doing mm-hmm. uh, uh, a lot of networking events. Some in a peer groups. Some in I'm in, uh, you know, uh, networking groups of the professionals. You know, cross mm-hmm. industry stuff and and uh, pretty much marketing and sales
0: is sixty percent of my day. So okay. So you're so that so you're more on the you're on the I think I saw you're on more on the operation side marketing sales and those types of things
1: marketing sales finance you know pretty much everything that's not going out and taking care of customer tickets and I do a little of that yeah. when I have to now and then you know, yep. just, uh, uh, I do a lot of our most of our design work but uh, yeah I'm not
0: okay.
1: I'm not dealing with tickets every day thankfully yeah
0: how, how many how many folks do you have there
1: we have twelve we have uh, nine full time and
0: three part time right now oh great. So yeah, you're, 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 you're a good size, you know, a lot of MSPs, you know, that, that I talk to, you know, some of them are on the smaller side, maybe it's two or, or, or just a sole proprietor, you know, type situation. So
1: yeah, um, it's a, it's a tough business to start in as a sole proprietor. um, mm -hmm. It's very hard to get, to get that second guy in effectively. You know, a lot of guys do it and fail and try again. And um, part of what I do is I, I mentor other MSPs and, uh, okay. That's our big challenge is you know getting them getting them figured out how to get them to three. Uh, it's it's hard, especially so many guys start out as techs
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they go like, well, I'm going to start my own business and you know they don't really have any background for it and yeah. they learn quick, you know. See so me on my my background my degrees in management, so okay. I started on that side, got sucked into tech, and then <laughs> found my way out. And so I mean, am I? My first company and start, I was I was three years out of college when
2: yeah.
1: we started the first one and just uh, just a better fit for me than actually working for somebody else.
0: So yeah, I know, and that's and, and I know that's why a lot of people get started too, is because you know they would rather work for themselves than work, you know, work for the man, so to speak, or somebody else because <laughs> they don't like they don't like the authority. They want to be the authority.
1: Yeah, well, it's uh it's it's there's so many different ways to do what we do, but everybody mm-hmm. wants to do it their way. So
0: yeah. So, I mean, you know, do you have any kind of, you know, at least base advice for someone who who, you know, wants to get started in this in this business?
1: I, I think the big thing is figure out what you want to do, with what what's your role going to be in the company, short term, mm-hmm. long term, um, because there's too many guys that, that start out and they're very technical and they they want to move over. They think they're going to be the, the 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 manager and the and they 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 really never let go of the tech stuff. <laughs> Yeah. And so you got to decide, am I going to hire somebody to do all that other stuff or am I going to transition over to it? Mm-hmm. For me, it was no question, you know, that that's the way I was going to go. But I know a lot of other guys would probably be better off that they would just accept the fact that they're technical and, mm-hmm. you know, hire a business manager, or office manager, somebody to, to start picking up <laughs> the flack on that other stuff that they never get around to doing.
0: Yeah, it's 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 tough to juggle everything if you you know if you're all by yourself. So
1: well, you got to love it. You
0: know, I mean, you got to yeah. love doing this
1: part. And you got to love running a business, or else why are you, you know, because it's uh, frankly, it's just too many headaches if you're not enjoying. <laughs> if you're not the kind of masochist that's going to put up <laughs> the don't don't do it. You know, there's there's other things you can do. Just take the check.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with all that being said, what's what's the greatest part about you know being in managed services and doing what you do? What do you enjoy?
1: Well, I, the, the thing that makes me happy every day is solving problems, you know, mm-hmm. just, just being able to, um, and that's part of why I ended up back in the SMB space. You know, my first company was very much enterprise focused and okay. you deal with so many layers of management and politics. Yeah. And it just was so frustrating. And then when, so when we started the next company, I said, you know what, we're not going to mess around on that end anymore. I'm staying away from RFPs. I'm staying away from public bids. I am going to the small end where I'm talking to the owner and we can actually yeah. make a decision and see our results immediately. And uh, that's the part I enjoy. Uh, the other part I enjoy is is that, you know, we really you get to control your own schedule. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, nobody's, you know, I, I, I spend time with my family. We home, homeschool my kids.
2: Okay. So
1: I'm able to participate in that at certain levels. Yeah. I start working at like four or five in the morning. I'm done at four <laughs> in the afternoon. And that means I can still spend some time with my kids every day. And, yeah. Uh, and uh that's that's pretty much the other piece is just being able to live choose how to live my life instead of having somebody else dictate a time
0: clock to yep me. yeah i know and and you know and that work-life balance is very important especially for msps you know to make sure that you do make time for the family that you don't just you know dedicate you know 16 hours of the day to to trying to keep your business floating afloat <laughs> and then, i I, then, I
1: get this impression that perhaps our our Divorce rates a little higher than the norm.
2: <laughs> Possibly, yes. You know,
1: on the ownership side, uh, it just uh, it just seems like uh, everybody I know is, deals with that at some point. And,
2: uh, mm-hmm.
1: and I'm not not throwing stones or anything. I'm on my yeah.
0: second marriage, so.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. so so you know my next question is what's the worst part about being an msb and maybe that's it uh, I don't know.
1: yeah well it goes back to the balance thing you know and and yeah. the, i think the guys that i see struggle the most are the guys that can't can't get to the balance you know where they're mm-hmm. they're just so consumed with the work and it's like i have to remind my guys that hey you know what we're not dealing with life and death yeah we're we're You know, people can wait till tomorrow morning to get things, you know, this isn't anything that we're doing here is going to kill somebody if we don't get it done in time. So do it quick, but don't kill yourself, you know, in the process and and burn yourself out. Because I mean, the burnout rate is just so high for this kind of work. You know, I mean, it's uh, everybody I know is either brand new at this or they've been around so long. They don't just really don't know how to live any other way. So,
2: yeah,
1: you know, there's nobody in the middle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, or maybe they've been acquired or, or, or yeah. something else.
1: Well, that's um, what I see happen. I see a lot of guys sell, you know, mm-hmm. and and then they're really not in this part of the business anymore. They might be related. They might be affiliated yeah. with what we do. But they get out of this piece of it, to, to, to being a firefighter and living in the trenches, you know.
0: Yeah. So I know you mentioned Robin Robbins, um, you know, and, you, and you, you kind of subscribe to that I, IT Marketing Toolkit, I think is mm-hmm. – they're how they're called it now but um what about like are you a member of any other peer groups you know what what do you kind of do in terms what do you see as kind of the msp community and and where do you kind of participate in in that community sure
1: so so um within the rob and Robbins community we have accountability groups so i have a peer group in fact i was just we were just down in north carolina all day saturday doing a basically marketing planning for 2019 all day event at one of our one of our offices and uh, I'm involved in the uh, ConnectWise User Group community uh mm-hmm. quite a bit. And uh and uh I stay in touch with a lot of the other peer organizations like service leadership and uh and Taylor Business Group. I, I pay attention mm-hmm. to what they're doing and, and what they're offering and uh and uh I haven't signed up for something like an HTG. I okay. go back to that hole. I don't want somebody else telling me how to do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, you know, opening up the kimono that far is is not not my thing. So,
0: yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's not necessarily for everyone, but I, but I, you know, I've talked to a lot of people who, you know, say peer groups have really been kind of the turning point for them. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, opening the kimono or it's just, Hey, you know, we, we meet twice a year or or three or once a month or whatever, and and just be able to talk to your peers and bounce ideas off of each other and and get some advice. So, um, great. Um, what about trade shows? You going to any trade shows coming up?
1: Uh, I just missed IT Nation this week. Uh, oh. was hoping to go and just uh, I've been on the I've been basically on a plane uh, two out of the last three weekends, so yeah, I decided against it this time. But uh, <laughs>
2: okay,
1: uh, yeah. So so with the Robin Robbins community, we get together four times a year. So I was mm-hmm. just in Nashville three weeks ago. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, I missed the Datto show this year. There, there's an extensive list of shows I want to go to
2: yeah <laughs>
1: it's just a matter of time finding <laughs> the time yeah it's it's yeah. it's uh, you know again you get back to that quality of life thing you know where where how many of these can i do before it starts to affect the home life
0: you know yeah and you know my my previous career i did almost every one of our shows you know and i'm traveling all over the world all the time and it just got <laughs> to be a real drain um and i'm like hey gotta take some time off <laughs> um and po- focus on me for a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, I'm very, great decision. I'm very glad that I did that. Um,
1: it's, it's tricky now. Cause it's so competitive. The whole, the whole, you know, every vendor is trying to have their own, their own little convention every year. And, yeah. and it just, it's just, there's just too many different directions to get pulled right now. And uh, they all end up with a great keynote and you feel like an idiot for missing it, but it's like, well, <laughs> I can't go to 10 a year. I mean, it's, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> at some no, point I yeah. actually have to show up for work and uh, <laughs> take care of the client yeah you got to pick and choose which ones you go to so yeah um thinking about technology uh you know just technology in general um what technologies are you most excited about whether it's you know technology today or, or something you see on the horizon is there is something that that uh you're really looking forward to
1: um
0: Looking forward
1: to is a tricky word because most of my focus right now is cybersecurity, and it's not like I'm excited about it in a good way. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's uh, right now I'm focused mostly on 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 the prevention stuff and and making sure you know. So I'm a member of uh, InfraGuard, which is a homeland organization for not just for IT infrastructure, but for roads and bridges and airports okay. and all that. Stuff. And mm-hmm. and uh, I, I I get all these alerts from them about what's going on out there on the cybersecurity side. And
2: uh, mm-hmm.
1: we're really focused on that. I mean on the on the good side, um, you know, it sounds like Elon Musk is gonna basically at some point invent teleporters and, you know, <laughs> won't have to deal with anymore. <laughs> I'm just thinking that's where he's going with this. You know, he, he really hates traffic apparently. So
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a teleporter's been a dream ever since Star Trek. So it's like, come on, come on. Yeah,
1: I'm not going to be the first guy stepping into that thing,
0: though. (laughs) No, me neither.
1: (laughs) To me, it comes out with a soul on the other side, and then we'll talk.
0: (laughs)
2: Yes. Agreed. uh, You know,
1: it's 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 kind of I guess I guess I'm struggling to find something I'm really excited about right now. I'm 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 more concerned with the fact that we seem kind of stagnant in our space as far as computing. I mean, you know, we've been selling I-5s, I-7s for, you know, 15 years now. Yeah. Um, you know, the the Apple, I'm worried about Apple. You know, it's just, you know, the big innovation is there's a new iPhone coming out. Okay. <laughs> and it's, it's like, where's, where I'm, I'm waiting for that next big thing. You know, Yeah. we've had so many tremendous, um, you know, head spinning, absolute paradigm shifts in, in around our, our technologies and, you mm-hmm. It's been awful quiet. I'm I'm a little nervous that you know they they make things a little lighter, a little thinner, a little faster. But where's the big where's the big thing?
0: You know. Yep. I don't know. That's a good point. I hadn't really I hadn't really thought of thought of it that way. You know, in terms of it does seem like it's it's things that things have stalled, right? We we have our smartphones and we have our tablets. Yeah, and and we're putting
1: smartphone brains in all of our other appliances, so at some point they can rise up against
0: us, so that's great. Yeah, yeah, IoT, oh boy. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: I'm not sure who's getting excited about that, but mostly I'm just thinking it's just more stuff that people can take advantage of and and cause
0: me trouble. Yeah, or more more stuff that people have no idea how to use. Um,
1: exactly. Do you really want (laughs) your stove on the internet? I'm just not quite sure how that helps. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to turn the stove on from the road, you know? I yep. mean, I can already freak out my family by by throwing videos onto TVs at my house while I'm traveling, you know. So
2: <laughs> I, did, I,
1: did it. I did it from North Carolina. I just took over one of the televisions and threw some programming up there, and I got an immediate call. Was that you again? <laughs> like, Damn, they're on to me now.
0: No. Yeah. So you you mentioned cybersecurity. Um, you know, do you? Do you consider yourself, you know, in that? I know the new term is MSSP, right, or on the on the security side? Is is that something that you're you're moving towards? Um, uh,
1: cautiously, um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't like labels anyway, so I'm not going to throw that thing <laughs> on there too quick. Um, I I think the thing though is I see a lot of my peers that are just, you know, they're they're actually giving up their MSP practice and going all in on the security piece, mm-hmm. and I think. In my end of the the world in the SMB space that uh, there's still room for somebody to do everything. and uh, yeah. that's what we're focused on. You know we're focused yeah. on uh, adding this in as technology that as, as an add-on to what we do rather than mm-hmm. as a replacement and and frankly, uh, it's not like there's anything that's come along recently that is such a tremendous shift from what we were already doing except, you know, we're, we're talking to a company to outsource the, the SOC function, too, just so yeah. that there's there's a human being 24-7 mm-hmm. staring at a screen somewhere on our behalf. And that's great. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm usually we, we, we've been getting alerts for security items for 20 years now. So, yeah,
2: is, you know, is, it,
1: a, is it a big change uh, on the SMB side? Not not dramatically. But I think I think it will cause everybody in, in my space uh, in the MSP market to, have to step up their game. Mm-hmm. or risk somebody coming along and, and taking their business because, you know, I, I mean, I, in fact, I've sold, I've sold three security only contracts in the last 10 days and, and it's, wow. like a 70, it's a 72 hour buying cycle as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, if I'm trying to sell a full MSP contract, it's, yeah. you know, six weeks, four yeah. weeks, you know? So, so, you could, so
0: you could, but, but then, you know, hopefully if you, if you do get the security side, then, you know, maybe you'll get the managed, managed contract then a little bit later on as well. And Even uh, if
1: I don't, um, I'm getting I'm getting T&E help desk and, yeah. and support anyway. And uh, you know, the bottom line is, you know, you can pay me now, you can pay me later. It's,
2: you know, <laughs> I
1: I've always, you know, my opinion's always just, so listen, I want to offer the same level of service to everybody. We're just talking about how you're going to pay for it and who's taking risk on the on the cost. Yeah. So we go with my high-end plan. I'm taking all the risk. I'm 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 betting that we're not going to have to do too much to take care of you. And you've mm-hmm. got the coverage that I'm going to eat it if it goes bad. And yeah. on the low end, you're taking all the risk because you know you're betting that nothing's going to happen, and therefore you're not going to spend any more. And and there's no risk to me because I'm just going to bill you. Yeah. So you know, it's, so I I don't really care which of the plans they end up on because it doesn't really affect the way I deliver service. It's mm-hmm. just a billing thing. You know. Yeah. How do you want how do you want to be billed? I'm yeah. going to do the same thing. You know, not going <laughs> to let you know. I am who I am, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like we're going to go. Well, you're on a low end contract, so I'm just going to watch your network crumble and burn and drop to the ground. I, no, yeah. that's not how it works here.
0: Yeah. You no. Know? So. Yeah, and you know, you, you mentioned you know that some MSPs are just are getting out of the, the services and just going on the security side. But then you know, like you said, small businesses, uh, SMBs, you know, they don't they don't necessarily have the budget or even the wherewithal to to ha- to manage multiple vendors, you know, IT vendors. Right. And well, for, you know, right. one vendor for this one vendor for that. So, you know, you really do need to be if you if you serve small businesses, then you really do need to be able to offer that full plate of services.
1: Right. And you and you also have to have the flexibility of understanding that some of these guys are not going to go all in on the on the new security offerings. So you got to figure yeah. out what's the best thing I can do for them in their price range. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of the MSSPs are, are, are really focused on. You know, this is, you know, you're, you're getting the sim and you're getting the sock, and that's just how we do it. And it's like, well, okay, I want you to go into a dental office with 10 employees and tell them that they have to have a sock. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just, I have trouble getting them to agree that they actually are covered by HIPAA. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> you want me to call you a doctor, but you don't want to acknowledge that you're part of the healthcare
0: system. I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, okay. So let's uh, let's go to the rapid fire round. Um, yeah. So this is meant to be fun, it's easy, just uh, first first thing that comes to your mind and when I ask a question and we'll just go through six quick questions, we'll be done. So first up, Apple or Android? Android. Okay, Mac, Linux or Windows? Windows. Okay, Amazon, Azure or something else? Azure. Azure, you said that with so much conviction. (laughs) Local backups or cloud or both? Both. Okay. Should you always virtualize? Yes or no? No. Okay. And which is worse, printer support or vendor cold calls? Oh, boy. That's a
1: tough one. Uh, I'm going to go with vendor cold calls about printers.
0: So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So you kinda added them together in a a great answer. One big nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) You're the first one who's done that. So that was great. I needed a way out. (laughs) Yeah. Um all right. So, you know, you've given us a lot of great uh, information here. Anything else you wanna you know you wanna close out with here before we leave?
1: I, I would just say to my fellow MSP owners out there, just uh you know, just don't get stuck and don't uh, where I see people really failing is when they are they find a comfortable spot and they're not noticing that the world's changing around them. You know, i got guys that are still asking me whether they should be MSPs or not. i got guys that are still asking me if they should get into Office 365 support or not. It's like, listen, you're, you're, you've missed two boats already, okay? Yeah. So, you know, just pay attention to what's going on around you. Don't try to fight the inevitable. None of us are big enough to have that kind of impact on anything. So, unless we get a group Great. together.
0: So, that's okay. it. Tim, thank you so much. It's been it's been great talking to you.
1: Great. Thank you, sir.
0: All right.